welcome to the Ravine Report, a Dodgers Lowdown podcast. Uh, I'm Kevin, and with me as always is Amanda Smith, and Amanda's now silent today, manservant, producer Jason Giants Bane, uh, who, who I thought was funny uh, on the last episode, referred to himself as the James Loney of the show, which makes me the Todd Hollinsworth of the show and Amanda the Billy Ashley. Oh, you know what? I'll take that. I will. Thank you. Right? A power yeah. hitter that never reached her potential, but could still power hit. You know, and that's pretty much how I would describe myself at every high school reunion. So accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Thank uh, you. Please subscribe and leave a review. Please, please leave a review of the show. It's a weird algorithm thing. But uh, leave a review of the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you could send us your burning Dodger questions or just questions about why you're burning uh, by emailing <laughs> us at ravinereportpod at gmail.com or via Twitter. Uh, I am at Kev is your friend. And I'm at Amanda R. Tubbs with two Bs. Yes. I'm not going to make the double B joke again. Uh, yeah, we already covered that territory. We did. We we did. did. I know. I'm, I'm running out of all my good material here early in the show. It's uh, fine. We, the good news is, is that we'll be canceled by the end of next week. So That's a real good point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. So you are currently, uh, just so everybody knows, we're actually all coming from three different locations today. This is uh, the wonder of technology, what's happening right now, that none of us are, and we sound like we're in the same location. We do. But we are, we are separated by hundreds of miles. Hundreds of thousands of miles. Yeah. Uh, Amanda is living her old person fantasy in Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that's not my fantasy of living life as an old person. That's my fantasy of watching old people. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I, I, I got out of town for a long weekend, uh, completely abandoning my my Hollinsworth and Loney. <laughs> I know. Well, I know, I mean, I know it, guys. It it made sense though. I think for uh, for Loney over there because he's helping a friend move today. So true. Yeah, I mean seriously, is this just a, an open? Well, Jace, oh, he can't even talk. He's gonna stay silent. He is. Just, yeah. yeah. So apparently, we can you talk can just so loan shit. out Jason to uh, <laughs> to to move for you. Well, he's, I mean, he's your manservant, Amanda. So I, I mean, I, I didn't give him to leave to to move. But <laughs> I'm just ladies of Dodger Twitter. Just so you know, Jason is available for loan wedding date. <laughs> uh, he'll go home for the holidays with you. Any any of that cool stuff. He'll handle that for you. Yeah, no, he is. He's a great rent to date and apparently knows how to disassemble furniture. But as far as we know, doesn't put it back together. That's, you know, I wonder, I always wondered about that because I have, every time I see him, he is disassembling furniture yeah. or taking something apart, but I haven't seen him put anything together yet. So that's, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> we have no guarantees. And because he is going to be silent on this podcast, uh, because he doesn't have a microphone, I would assume <laughs> that he's just nodding silently in agreement. I think he is. I, yeah. I would, uh, I would guess the same thing. Um, no guarantees actually should be the name of our show. Uh, <laughs> So, Amanda, uh, yeah. why don't you let us know, speaking of the show, what's going to happen today? Uh, uh, no, do I have to? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, on today's show, the Mighty Mets are coming to town. Will we be treated to a pitcher's duel Christmas? Or is this simply a festivist feats of strength from the Dodgers lineup? Good we'll fun. also uh, be taking some viewer or listener questions today. Uh, we, took, we put out a call for that earlier, and we got some good responses. And we will be kicking off the game in honor of the recent debut of the Bash Brothers visual um, music video experience or visual album, whatever it is, the Bash Brothers. We're kicking off a new game called Jose Canseco or Jose Canseco No. 
God damn it. <laughs> I'm I'm excited about that though. That's I'm excited be, for you. I think it's gonna be fun. After <laughs> last week's after last week's does Amanda know anything about hip hop? This seems like a fair um turnaround. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people were just surprised that you used to be mystical. No one has asked me about that on Twitter. A little heard about that. Feeling yeah. feeling a little under acknowledged currently. I, I, I understand. I mean, considering that was one of the uh I don't know, five minutes of the show that was salvaged from last week. <laughs> people were able to listen to thanks jason i'm just kidding um so let's start off however with uh let's just kind of look at the dodgers week in review uh it was a good week uh as ice cube would say i think today was a good day and just like most of the week they went four and one against a very good Rays team uh and a pirates team but they swept the pirates and that's exactly what you have to do against crappy teams like that uh they look good you know real good What, what did you think it was nice not to see us have to get an angry win. Like we swept the pirates. We didn't have to actually worry about the angry win status. So that was a really nice change for us to see us just kind of dominate. The Rays. Sorry, go. Oh no, I was just saying I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just agreeing with you. Well, as you should, the Rays (laughs) would have liked to see a slightly more solid. I would have liked to have seen a sweep from the rate of the Rays. That would have been nice. And, you know, I'm actually wondering if that first game against Pittsburgh wasn't an angry win just because mm. of how badly they lost in that second game against Tampa Bay. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah, I it know. could because because they did get <laughs> <laughs> they did and they did get get pretty humiliated in that second raise game. So it could mm-hmm. be that, yeah, they were coming off of that, having to really having a little bit of fire under them that they had to prove themselves. Yeah, they uh, looked bad in that game. Yeah. Um, so some, some news of what's been happening. Uh, Joe Kelly was placed on the bereavement list, uh, which means he has to be out at least three games, but back within seven, which would put him or back after seven games, uh, which would put him coming back at the beginning of the Philly series. I'm not sure why he's on the bereavement list. I don't know if he's, you know, mourning his control. I don't know oh. what it is, but uh, yeah, that's bad. That's real uh, bad, especially if it was something serious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, have you heard anything of this? You're you're a Dodger insider. You uh, <laughs> you go hang out in the in the press box and everything. So you know, I I've heard nothing about it um, from the from hiding in the in the vents above the locker room. <laughs> you're a true ravine rat. I love it. I <laughs> am. I just scurry about um, in all the crevices of the stadium, and I've heard nothing. I mean. It's a little, I do kind of, this is, I understand the Dodger club's desire to keep things private. You know, they've done a wonderful job of keeping Tolles' ongoing situation private, um, including this last couple days where he's been, uh, he left Camelback and Doc doesn't know why. And he's just said, like, it's a family thing. We don't know. Um, As much as I hate to say it, I would kind of like to know why Joe Kelly's on bereavement. I'd like to know how close to the family it is. I'd like to know what kind of the situation is um, because it does give us some insight also going forward of what we're going to be dealing with when we get him back. You know? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, and if it's something really serious, one, I'd like for, you know, the Ravine report to send him flowers or something. And mm-hmm. two, yeah, like you said, we, we want to know if this is something that's going to be ongoing, if it's going to affect his mental state or if it's something that maybe has already been affecting him this season. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, he's he is one of those guys that is definitely an inconsistent regular season pitcher and a strong playoff performer. 
we've seen that time and time again in his career. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about his awful, awful start to the season. But if there's something else there rather than just the normal inconsistency, because he's also not a normally during the season an eight ERA pitcher. Yeah. So, you know, th- I'm wondering what is going on. Um, you mentioned Tolls, uh, that he left Camelback Ranch again, and I, I did see that as well. And y- you just have to wonder if he's going to ever really get another shot yeah. um, with the Dodgers. I God, I want it for him so bad. And it's yeah. getting it's it's just such a bummer that whatever is going on with him is not working. And I mean, he was such a great story two was two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was such a the, you couldn't see him at plate without hearing the announcers, whatever broadcaster it was, talking about how he was found hiding in a freezer in a Ralph's. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He came out and he was like, moon pie, what a time <laughs> to be alive. <laughs> he thought he was in a uh, time machine, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, uh, he, I mean, he's got that great story. And the thing, just from a baseball perspective, is he's a true leadoff hitter, which the Dodgers have not had since the last time Tolls was on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, he showed that he's he's very good in that leadoff spot. He's got a little bit of pop, but he gets on base. He's got the, he's got a lot of speed. He he's reminds me a little bit of D Gordon with the yeah. with base uh, the base path speed. But he's also a guy that showed he didn't cower under the big lights of the playoffs. Um he hit well in the playoffs that year and he had a couple of errors uh in the field, I mean, which happens for a rookie. But, you know, he was a guy who wasn't intimidated by by the pitchers or or anything like that or the moment. And and he showed he could get on base. He could hit the ball in, you know, when they needed him to. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just hoping for the best from him for him. Uh, You know, like you, I would love to see him back on the team. Yeah, no. And I, I it's a good point about the Dodgers not having had a true leadoff hitter in a while. I mean, as great as Peterson is a guy who either pops out or hits a home run in the leadoff spot is not something that's going to give us a lot of security going into the postseason. Agreed. So it would be really nice. It would be really nice to have a leadoff uh, batter, a true leadoff batter again, that somebody who can take us through the postseason and mm-hmm. that we don't have to worry that they're either going to be an automatic out or going to be a home run. Like I love Jock, don't get me wrong. Agreed. But yeah. that's definitely a concern that, you know, I just don't know that we're going to get with tolls now in June, still not having taken spring training, I, I just it's increasingly becoming unlikely. I yeah, I just hope he figures it out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, you know, it would be great to have a leadoff hitter who could hit above 220. I mean, that would just mm-hmm. be amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, when they've thrown Kike or or CT3 in that you know in that position, while you know it's it's great for the ladies and most of the guys to to look at. They're also not getting on base, so we don't get to look at them very long, uh, right. you know. And so, if there's one thing that we should all be able to do, it's objectifying the Dodger players. So <laughs> I'm, it's it's very frustrating that we don't have a person who can get on base at that leadoff spot. Um, so, you know, speaking of the weekend review here, uh, I'd like to, and I think we can start doing this going forward. You know, for those of you listening, this is the third episode. We're still trying to get a feel for what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, how it's going to sound, all that fun stuff. Um, but I'd like for us to give kind of our non-Bellinger player of the week, and then we'll give a quick Bellinger update for how he did this week. Yeah, we just have to break him out separately because at this point it's just absurd. 
Exactly. Exactly. Oh God. I mean, even <laughs> defensively, it's absurd. Anyway, sorry. Getting to the Bellinger update before we give our players of the week. Exactly. Well, let's let's hear your player of the week, uh, Amanda. Oh gosh. I mean, I think I'm going to have to give it to you. Oh, okay. Not like because that. he did such a spectacular job. I mean, he did he did a good job pitching during the Pirate series. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a, he did a pretty good job last night. Finally, ended his scoreless inning streak, uh, which was a bummer. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, but he almost hit that home run we've all been waiting for. So close. So, so close because it wasn't just like oh he almost hit a home run in like the shallow part of the field. No, he almost went deep to some of the <laughs> deepest parts of the field. Missed it by like two feet. It was absurd. And it's what we've all been waiting for. We've all been waiting for this moment this year when he finally grows into his Babe Ruth title. (laughs) And so I, you know, between the fact that he has been the most dominant, one of the most dominant pitchers, if not the most dominant pitcher in the National League. Oh, yeah. On top of that, the man is now generating his own offense. A stand up to a stand up double. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maeda's, Maeda's barrels are overrated moment from last week was pretty good, but <laughs> nearly going deep at the Pirates at, at the Pirates field is is pretty fantastic. Well, How about and, you? Uh, well, Joe Davis actually mentioned that uh, today. He was saying he they kind of replayed it, and he was really hoping. I'm sure Rick Reduce gets something to do with oh it. Oh my but, god! Uh, <laughs> but he was talking about how in I think it's 13 other parks that would have been a home run. But unfortunately, he hit it in the Pirates Park, which is, by the way, a beautiful park. But yeah. it uh, unfortunately did not go out. I, I just, as he hit it, I had shades of the Hong Chi Kuo bat flip from, yeah. I think it was like 2010 or something like that, where he hit one out and just, boom, just the, <laughs> the perfect, beautiful bat flip that even had Vince Scully talking. Yeah, no, I, I was in a, a Mexican restaurant sitting at the bar. Nice. And the the yelp that Im- just came out of me as it was going out, <laughs> and I had to cover my mouth because I didn't I didn't want to disturb all the other people in the bar area, and I wanted to be seated and not asked to leave. Yeah. Um, Again. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's several Mexican restaurants in Palm Springs I'm no longer allowed into, and this is one of the last. Uh, Ma'am, this is a Taco Bell. <laughs> Please keep it down. <laughs> if I could find a Taco Bell that showed the Dodger games, I'd live there. That's a good point. They yeah. have a, by the way, totally off topic. They have a Taco Bell hotel now, and I believe it's opening up in Palm Springs. I could be wrong. I'll do the research, but yeah, a Taco Bell hotel. A Taco Bell tell. Taco, Taco Bell tell, yes. Or a Taco Tell Bell. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll get so who's more. Who's your player of the week? Oh, yeah. So my player of the week is everybody's favorite good boy, uh, Corgi Seeger. Um, Seeger had he had a great week. He's it's just part of his resurgence that I think we touched on last week that maybe nobody actually heard. Uh, but he went six for 20 this week, which doesn't sound great, but that's hitting 300 over the course of the week. Um, he had five RBIs, including two today uh, or sorry, two in the final game of the Pittsburgh series two in the middle game of the Pittsburgh series. Um, he's just we've seen a resurgence at the plate for him. Uh, and he's actually not playing terribly in the field either, which is kind of a nice, nice change of pace from what we've seen a little bit this year. Uh, so I'm very excited about Seager moving forward. Um, you know, 
I would say close runner up would be Justin Turner, who went five for five in in the final uh, the final game against Pittsburgh, his first five hit game, uh, which was real damn impressive. Um, but this is what's getting what I think other teams need to take note of. And what might be incredibly frightening going forward about the Dodgers is Bellinger isn't really slowing down. He's not having huge, huge games, but he's still being Bellinger. Uh, yeah. But Seeger's picking it up. Justin Turner is picking it up. Jock is being yeah. a little more consistent. You're just seeing many more dangerous portions of the lineup in a more consistent fashion. And that's, if I'm an opposing pitcher, I'm shitting my pants when I'm thinking about playing the Dodgers. Oh, for I mean, that was the thing that was with the 2017 team that was so great and that the 2018 team didn't have as much, which was mm-hmm. everyone firing at the same time. Yes. You know, making sure that all, all the bats heat up at the same time. The one thing that we have to be cautious about and the one thing that we do have to be aware of is that this means that we are probably going to come into a regression and it's going to suck in the second half of the season when all sure. the bats cool off. I mean, I'm hope you know, knock wood. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be that moment. And so it's important to remember that in late May, every single like we, this is not a this is a team that when they're firing on all cylinders and when they're synced up is unstoppable. Yes. And it's just going to be a question of whether or not they can kind of figure out those groups. True. But, true. I mean, watching I mean, Turner is not even becoming a more elite player than he was before. Turner's just going back to the elite player we've seen from the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Corey Seager is, again, going back into the elite player that we've seen in the last few years, barring injuries. Mm-hmm. The big unexpected one for me is Jock. Yes. That's the missing, which every year we've had that one piece that's been the the unknown the unknown quantity. You know, we've had the, the Chris Taylor, we've had the Max Muncie. And even though we've had Jock on our team for years, between his defense in left, where he's become so confident, yes. you know, he never has showed that kind of confidence in center. With his confidence in left, combined with his appearances at the plate, I'm really excited about what he means for this team going forward. Yeah, I am 100% right there with you. Um, like you said, he's been our best leadoff hitter this year, um, which, again, isn't isn't saying a whole lot, but no matter where they've placed him in the lineup, he has produced. And granted, if you look at his batting average, it's not like, oh, it's not great. It doesn't look like, wow, this guy's amazing. But what you're not seeing is his on-base percentage. He's taking a lot of walks. So he's hitting the ball, he's hitting for power, but he's also getting on base a lot. And I think you mentioned it earlier, is he's he's got the speed. He's got the speed around the base paths to really do something once he gets on base and for being three years old he's a very smart base runner Mm -hmm. uh, which is impressive I mean obviously it's really just enticing him with go-gurts and string cheeses and stuff like that at the plate Sure, but that's what you need to do for a toddler yeah no Dino Ebel always has um, at least two to three fruit by the foots in his pocket at any given time oh man Um, and he just unrolls it down the base path from third to home when he wants Jock to run. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if anybody out there is an illustrator, please animate that for us and <laughs> we will post it all over Twitter. Uh, that just sounds amazing. 
Um, so speaking of, I know you mentioned where the worry is the the bats going quiet uh, this year, which I have to I have to say I don't feel like that's that's as much of a worry because I feel like the last couple of years, even that really good 2017 team was really streaky. This team doesn't feel streaky; they feel consistent, which is something I don't think I've seen from the Dodgers in years. But they just feel like a consistent team. They're consistently winning series or taking the split you know they're not getting they're not having to win 15 in a row or like 10 in a row uh barring the very beginning of the season um they just feel a lot more uh a lot more consistent which is nice to see but this upcoming series against the Mets is where we could possibly see that happen a little bit where the bats go a little silent um they're going to be going up against uh, Jacob deGrom, Steven Matz, uh, Thor, and uh, there's nobody actually picked yet for the final game as of when we're recording this. But let's kind of go through those matches because this looks like it could be Christmas for people who love pitchers' duels. Uh, the first one is deGrom and Kershaw. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, my God. I mean, Same. I think what's really fun about the matchups in general is that the characteristics of those matchups of the two pitchers line up really beautifully. Like I, I really enjoy the idea of watching a DeGrom Kershaw, you know, matchup. Um, I think that it'll be an interesting chance to see whether or not that ongoing Kershaw curse of like no offense showing up. <laughs> I, you, are you talking about Clayton Kershaw? Yes, that was, that was, you're welcome pun. America. Oh God! <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I, I'm excited about it. I think I think that if we can get through Degrom to the bullpen, they have had a they've been pretty consistently let down. I mean, this is true of all of three of these matchups. They've been let down pretty consistently by their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if if Degrom is being a cranky little boy about his shoulder again, that should always be nice. <laughs> There's always that too. Um, but yeah, I just, I man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to see. I, I get nervous every Kershaw start now. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, no, I'm not with you. because I don't believe in him like you, traitor. <laughs> I just, I get nervous partly because I am always nervous that he's going to throw a great game, lose the game, and not get the credit he deserves for pitching a good game. That's fair. Because he's not pitching it like a Kershaw game. And it's like, well, he's pitching it like a very good pitcher, just not a a prime Kershaw game. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. It's not that I don't believe in Kershaw. It's that I don't have faith in Kershaw. Oh, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So it's like believing in Santa Claus, but being like, he's not going to bring me anything. Exactly. I know he's real. He just doesn't like me, so he's not going to bring anything for Christmas. Well, maybe Santa doesn't like you because you don't have faith in Kershaw. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. I hear they are exactly the same person. Um, that should be a fun matchup. The Mets' offense has not been great. They've yeah. been actually pretty bad this season, but they have maybe the best starting rotation in baseball. Um, so that always keeps them in the game, and that keeps them at their, you know, they've got a, I think they're playing 500 baseball right now. Um, no, they're just below 500 baseball. Are they just below 500? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're they're hovering around that, or they have been. Yeah. Um, DeGrom's not quite at his Cy Young form right now, um, but he's still sub-3 ERA, which is good. Um, I think last year he he pitched at uh, Dodger Stadium, and he had a six-inning, 
one run, no decision game. So he's just a guy who knows the lineup well and can shut them down. Um, Kershaw has looked much better uh, of late. He actually had his fifth quality start last uh, last Tuesday. Yeah, against the that was I was pretty impressive. Um, he he pitched a really good game, and specifically, I've noticed this anytime I call Kershaw out, he comes out and has a really good game just to shut me the hell up. That's a powerful um, skill right there. So It is. It is. So I'm always going to call Kershaw out right before he pitches. Uh, and if we keep recording on Sundays, it looks like it might end up lining up as such. So, Well, I think if we've learned anything, it's that uh, confirmed Clayton Kershaw is a ravine rat. Absolutely. He definitely, definitely listens to this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, the other game, and actually the game I'm going to be at this week, is the mm-hmm. Stephen Matz versus Dick Mountain. Um, which I just felt so bad for for Hill in his last start. He's he's getting better as the season yeah. progressed, but you know you you saw the bullpen just completely shit the bed for him, and he had a chance had he gotten some offense, and you know even if he had gotten some offense like he was hoping, we saw the Dodgers bullpen be the Dodgers bullpen, which right now is their is their Achilles heel, if yeah. you will. And it was a I mean it was definitely a bummer to see. Uh, him like the bunting for the, the bunting against the shift thing, which my father has said since for several years now, and in fact instructed me to ask people why haven't they started bunting through the shift yet? Uh, <laughs> and he felt very vindicated at my birthday dinner the other night that they had, the Dodgers were bunted against in the shift, and how did they not see that coming? Um, <laughs> there's a, there's something very unjust about that happening to Rich Hill, though. Because of everybody, yeah. like I just feel like of all the players, the one who's probably least deserving of being screwed over by an analytics is Rich Hill, and I don't know why that is. Maybe because he feels like he was just pulled directly from the 1960s, <laughs> or maybe because he was pulled directly from the 1960s. It's entirely possible, but the point being that it just of everybody, he's the one who seems most like he's the one who'd be confused by modern analytics in a like baseball movie <laughs> he'd be true. the old he'd be the old guy the old kind of clubhouse guy going ah, i don't understand what these kids are doing these days it's <laughs> he's the hashtag grit guy <laughs> <laughs> i know i know a good player when i see him it's a it's an eye yeah, test <laughs> exactly he's he i could see him being an eye test kind of dude um he's all the old guys in Moneyball that get fired by Aww. brad pitt <laughs> All just those old time scouts. Yeah. yeah, he does remind me of the guy who like all the local teenagers play pranks on because he <laughs> doesn't doesn't understand what's happening and he's <laughs> he's Bart Sim he, he's Mo Sizlak getting a prank called by Bart Simpson and falling for it every time. Just oh, poor, see, poor I don't, time. I can't go with that because in my head he gets prank called once and then he shows up at that kid's house with a baseball bat. <laughs> I can see that too. I, yeah. I actually want to see that again. Animators, if you can animate that, please do so and send it to <laughs> us. Um, and then I think really the other big, big pitching matchup is Thor Noah Syndergaard mm-hmm. against our our little Buell dog Walker Bueller, um, who's actually five and one this year. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, did have a bit of a bad luck outing in in Cincinnati, but um, he's been really good. I mean, he's allowed two runs, two earned runs over 19 innings uh, with 20 strikeouts and two walks in his last three starts, which if you're keeping track at home is real fucking good. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been very impressed with Bueller lately. 
Uh, again, it it does feel it does feel like it's taken him a little bit to get his groove back, kind of. You know, it's it's he needed that weekend with Tay Diggs just to really, you know, really get everything back and and start. Is that going to be on a backstage Dodgers or something? Are we oh, going to actually, see that weekend? Because I have I I would like to watch that. Yeah, it's really just him and Tay Diggs just going at it, sweaty. Um, so yeah, anybody wanted to watch that, that will be on Tuesday's episode of Backdoor Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> just uh, take take a look at that one. Oh, so <laughs> that, now I know what I'm going to be thinking about while I eat pizza tonight. Goddamn right! Nothing more erotic than eating pizza while thinking about Bueller going at it with uh, Tay Diggs. Hundred percent. I am. That is. That is a thing I didn't know I needed to think about. Just that whole drive back tomorrow from from Palm Springs. That's how I'm going to pass the time. It just meant just writing the the fanfic. You know what? I expect to see <laughs> I expect to see a Chase Utley style book done <laughs> done with that. Uh, but you have to use real pictures so that way you no. can sell the book. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. Is I can't use the real pictures. I'll get sued. <laughs> exactly. That's the fun part. That gives us notoriety <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> So, so here's the thing with the Dodgers is conventional wisdom says that, like we, like you mentioned at the top of the show, um, this is going to be a, a bunch of pitchers duels. This is going to be a bunch of low scoring games until the Dodgers bullpen gets in there, and then we're going to get blown out. But the thing is, the Dodgers tend to buck the trend. So I'm kind of honestly expecting them to score a lot of runs off of Degrom and Matts. And Cindergard. What do you think? Well, I actually, I'm on the opposite, not on the scoring a lot of runs thing, but I don't know if this is going to be a pitcher's duel because I forgot about the fact that they've got Pete Alonso. Because I always forget that they have actual good players on their team occasionally, despite being the Mets. It could be really fun to watch Pete Alonso, who is up in the top five for home runs this year, going up against Belly. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, he Belly's got 18, Alonso's got 17. Um, I mean, are, the difference is, though, and this is where the big telling difference is and why when you say the thing about the Dodgers bucking the trend and maybe hitting well, the Dodger Cody's got 48 RBIs. Wow. Alonzo's got 38. Interesting. One, one home run difference, a difference in RBIs of 10 RBIs. That's pretty close. So, so you think we might see a uh, an Alonzo Bellinger just home run derby over the course of the series, just trying to one up be, each other? I think we. I think they could both be. I, I I think they could both be going for it, but the difference in quality between their home runs. I think that we're going to see if we. I, I'm hoping for low scoring games from the Dodgers, but what I'm concerned about is, or not low scoring game, low scoring games from Dodger pitchers. What I'm concerned about is having the individual home runs from Pete Alonso from the lucky hits. Yeah, that's a good point. Then the counter side of that is that the guys need to, the offense needs to not be put off by the home runs, not be put off by the fact that there might be, the Mets might be drawing first blood. True. True. You know, I think in previous seasons, I might've worried about that. I'm not super worried about that with this team, but you could be right. Um, you tend to be right a lot more than I am, so I'm going to trust yeah, your I, judgment a little bit more. I I would I have I wasn't thinking about it till now, and I should have looked to see how the Dodgers do in games where they score first versus games where they don't. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like in a lot of the games, it's felt like when they don't draw first blood, 
they tend to have a slower game. And so I'd be curious, and that could be entirely just that like thing that you get into where I, you know, even as you were giving Bueller stats in my head, I was like, no, he hasn't been that good, has he? Because I'm still thinking <laughs> of him from April. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, you're a you're an eye test old school baseball person. So. I am. I, yeah. I actually am Rich Hill. <laughs> My alter ego, Dick Mountain, is the one who pitches. Uh, oh. Sort of like how there's Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. It's yeah. I'm Rich Hill. My alter ego is Dick Mountain. Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, it's you do what you have to do. Yeah. See, I wish I had some sort of superpower, but I don't. I'm just the guy who sees superheroes run by. <laughs> just pathetically. All right, series predictions, Amanda. What do you think happens? Uh, let's see. I think that. Steven Strasburg and Bueller get into a naked wrestling match. So Strasburg is coming over for some reason? Coming over where? Oh, well, I mean, cause, yeah, because we're oh, playing. Mets, so. oh. I was like, are you two hanging out this week? And that's why. I mean, yeah, I would, I would love to. I would also see that, but that wouldn't be as appealing to me as watching uh, Syndergaard. <laughs> and Bueller have a naked wrestling match. Um, that was how I was feeling as I tried to reopen the page that we had up that I had up on my phone. Um, <laughs> and then we see how well that goes when I don't when I don't have my notes in front of me. Yeah, um, <laughs> got to feel like we're doing something professional, guys. We have to get our shit together. <laughs> um, none of my shit is together. Um, I honestly, I think that we split the series. Okay, that's Fair. that's where I, I'm at right now. Is I think that we split the series. I think that we win the first, uh, DeGrom and Kershaw, as much as I hate to say it, Mats and Hill, we lose. We get an angry win. And then the last one, which we'll see who that is. Um, I don't, I mean, the not sure versus not sure probably is, would be what, Maeda, theoretically? Uh, no, I think it's going to be Ryu. Because Maeda pitched uh, final game against Pittsburgh. Oh right, right, right. He pitched. Yeah. He pitched this morning. That's right. So yeah, yeah, it would be Ryu. So I'm, and it, it's Ryu at home. So I would assume that that yeah. Ryu at home is locked down. Pretty close to automatic. Yeah, I think we go three and one. Um, I think we lose the Kershaw game, and I think it's close. But it's just Degrom is so good and has been so good against the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. I think Hill wins. Hill gets the redemption against Mats. I think the Buell Dog wins that one after having a lot of apparently uh, a big gay sex week for him this week with uh, Tay Diggs and, and Thor and, you know, maybe hey, I never said anything Mason. about sex. Excuse me. I but. never said anything about sex <laughs> because that is not my point. My point is that they do a Greco Roman style oiled down wrestling. Fair enough. Whatever. So no penetration whatever look, I because well, because I, I don't want to make like assumptions about anyone's personal preferences about their sex life. I don't want to make a joke out of it. What I do want to make a joke out of is the idea of Noah Syndergaard with that hair oiled up in a pit in the center of Dodger Stadium wrestling with lunatic Walker Bueller for my amusement. Here's my thing. If he's going to oil up that hair, he has to go ponytail. He cannot just let that hang down or it's going to look disgusting. Oh, it'll look filthy. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, anyways, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm going with Ryu winning at home, Buell Dog winning and Hill winning. And I think we, I think we dropped the first one in a close game. So, um, former major league all-star Jose Canseco is a prolific tweeter, but can I tell the difference between a real Canseco tweet and a fake one? 
We'll find out after the break. Balls, 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 balls. Hey, Dodger fans, are you looking to get your product, service, or nonprofit advertised to thousands of engaged Dodger fans on a weekly basis? Well, you are in luck because the Ravine Report has sponsorship spots available. Get your message in front of the best fans in baseball and let our incredible Ravine Rats do the rest. Our listeners are always happy to support a local business or charity. Please. My dog, Kit, eats very expensive food. Support a Dodger fan-owned business and help fill Kit's bowl with the fancy kibble. Ooh, it's a win-win. Uh, send us a message at ravinereportpod at gmail.com and let's talk. So this week, probably the most important breaking baseball news was the surprise May 23rd birthday present for me drop of the Bash Brothers Experience, which debuted on Netflix. Uh, It was a Lonely Island Boys production. If you didn't see it yet, once this podcast is over, you should watch it, then listen to the podcast again so this whole thing makes more sense. Um, (laughs) I will. I'm actually going to go watch it right after we record. You absolutely. Wait, have you not seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. (gasps) I know. I didn't know it dropped. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you, that is a thing that you need to see. Um, (laughs) But so just as a quick recap to explain what it is, um, Lonely Island Boys, Andy Samberg, Akiva somebody, and another guy whose name I can't remember. (laughs) Jorma, Jorma something. Yeah. uh, uh, Jorma Jorma Falcone? uh, uh, Taconi. I think it's something like that. Something, yeah. These, so most importantly, they, uh, Lonely, the Lonely Island Boys released a 30-minute visual album in the style with the, with the concept that in 1988, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, known as the Bash Brothers, had released a rap album. <laughs> I really wish they had done that. <laughs> uh, it's pretty spectacular, honestly. It's, one, it, it, is, it is, is filled with jams. <laughs> and it has led to some great gyps. Or hips, as we're calling them now. Yeah, hips. Uh, but most importantly, it led me to wonder how much of that was coming from Jose Canseco's actual Twitter. Um, so, with that in mind, I started. I did a real deep dive of the of his Twitter, and uh, I thought and it'd I'm be sorry fun. For that, by the way, oh, it was great. It was an experience. <laughs> uh, I found his email. He had given that out at one point. His personal email. I tried requesting money from him on Venmo. Didn't get a response. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the reason that I gave in the Venmo was um, it's worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> I've so done anyway. that before, and I usually just request 69 cents. I've oh, never got Oh, I should have done that. I didn't do that. I asked for $150. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. Hey, Kit needs that kibble. That's it all we're saying. that kibble. If, you know, if we had sponsors, I wouldn't have to go groveling to Jose Canseco. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so – Having gone through that, I thought, you know what would be fun is to uh, read you some tweets and see if you can guess whether it's an actual Jose Canseco tweet or it's one that I made up. All right. Let's okay, do this. Okay, so we're just going to go through and uh, we'll give these a try. All right. All right. Question, tweet number one. Once cloning is legal, we will be able to purchase either bodies of ourselves in our prime and once our shells get too old, detach the brain and then apply to a new shell of body. I'm going to read that one more time because honestly, even as I've read it multiple times, I'm still not entirely sure if I'm doing it right. (laughs) Go for it. Once cloning is legal, we will be able to purchase either bodies of ourselves in our prime 
And once our shells get too old, detach the brain and then apply to a new shell of body. I mean, that just sounds like the Jose Canseco fantasy, because I'm sure he wishes he could play until he's 113. Um, I'm going to say that's a real tweet. That is indeed a real tweet, yes. God yeah, damn, that, that is, crazy son of a bitch. It was one of many tweets in which he detailed in the future how that would go. And apparently it ends with only rich people being allowed to do that, which, you know what, he's not <laughs> wrong. That's probably how that would work. Yeah, generally. <laughs> okay, tweet number two. All right. Rob Manfred, don't allow robot umpires in the game because they will use the strike zone to attack us. <laughs> I want to say that's fake, but I feel like that also is a real Conseco tweet. So I'm going to say real. No, that one's fake. That one is, uh, that one yeah. is actually fake. You, you captured his essence very Thank well. <laughs> this is, I have a BFA in screenwriting and it's finally paying off. Uh, okay. The balls in my pants have less juice in them than the balls in this game. That's an Amanda Smith tweet. No, it's not. What? Are you kidding me? He actually said that. Yes. Oh my god, he's That's a so national so... fucking treasure. He was watching. It was during the World Series last year, and the balls were, or it was like in the World Series, or it was in the postseason. And that's what he tweeted. <laughs> Oh, God. As much as I hate Jose Canseco, that's amazing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a great... Okay, let's do another one. Um, I would have gone 40-40 even without juicing because my lycanthrop... Sorry. I would have gone 40-40 even without juicing because my lycanthropy gives me additional speed and power. Oh, that's a dumbass Canseco tweet. That's got to be Canseco. Just to be clear, lycanthropy means uh, your werewolf powers. Yes. Yeah. No, I made that one up. Oh, did you? Damn it. I really thought he would have given himself lycanthropy. Uh, but that was inspired by this other tweet he wrote, which I'm just going to give away. Uh, mermen do not exist because mermaids are a hermaphroditic, hermaphroditic species. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I so think I... we need to make this a weekly segment because... <laughs> What in the hell is wrong with Jose Canseco? Mermen do not exist because mermaids are a hermaphroditic species. That one was that one really inspired me. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, your balls shrink, but the wiener gets way bigger. Oh God, that sounds like it was in response to someone, um, and that sounds like a like a humble brag of his. I'm gonna go Canseco. It is indeed Conseco. Uh, what I enjoyed oh. about that, though, was that it, oh, I should have pulled up the actual. There is in the in the brothers in the Bash Brothers song. Uh huh. They indeed say that their balls are tiny, but it's okay because <laughs> it makes their dicks look even bigger. <laughs> um, I'm I'm misquoting it completely, but that's kind I'm of the sure premise. The general idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I would kids. If that's your goal, I would uh, I, I would recommend there are better ways to do so. Yeah, uh, just trim back the pubic hair. Exactly. Don't don't shrink your balls. Don't no. do it, kid. Don't don't make your balls look smaller just so that your wiener looks way bigger. Yeah. Actually, he didn't say looks. He said gets, which is not accurate. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> that's like saying that if you put me next to a child, I get way taller. Like, no, that's not that's not how that works. I just look taller by comparison. But do you though? Depending on how tall the child is, yes. Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, let's do. I've got. I've got a couple more here. All right, let's do it. 
For 60 years, robots have been systematically destroying us in clandestine economy-based wars, starting with when ENIAC was turned on. ENIAC is the first, um, like, Turing-passable computer. Got it. Nerd! Um, I'm going to say clandestine is far too big of a word for Jose Canseco, uh, so I'm going to say that's an Amanda Smith tweet. No, I, I would never I would never suggest that he knows the word clandestine. Um, yeah, no, for 60 years, robots have been systematically destroying us in clandestine economy-based war. According to Jose Canseco, it's important that we know that it's <laughs> the robot overlords aren't going to take us over with um, like the way it looks in the movies. He explicitly says it won't look like it does in the movies. Wow. It's going to be economy-based. Yeah, no, he's a visionary. Holy God. You know, we need to ask him. We need to tweet at him and get his thoughts on flat earth theory. Oh, my God, we do. I'm sure he's a flat earther. Oh, my God. Oh, either <laughs> or, a flat earther or, or he he's going to be the like world a cube is some other earther. shape. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. The world is a Rubik's Cube. I'm glad that All you also immediately. It's a tetrahedron and it's big globe that doesn't want you to know. <laughs> oh, my God. I do think um, if we one of the the pod goals should 100 percent be that we raise five thousand dollars each to send us on the Bigfoot and alien excursion trip. Oh, yes. OK, uh, we'll give out our Venmos at the end of the show, everybody. Venmo us 10 cents, whatever. If enough of you do it, we'll have. Uh, Can we we'll just make, make a, a pod Venmo? Because I really don't want to start getting people re- requesting money from me, which I know is is inevitable at this point for listening to my bullshit is going to be the charge. That's fair. And I kind of yeah. like that. So I think you should give out your Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone Venmos me 10 cents for every Matt Foley tweet I've made. Yes. Amazing. Which, by the way, the the first anniversary of Matt Foley is uh, t- in two days. Oh, nice. That's so I'm going to be, I have that in my calendar marked that I need to remember to celebrate it. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> As LA's preeminent Matt Foley impersonator. I would like to say I'm not so much an impersonator as a, a Matt Foley artist. I'm going to say impersonator. Okay. Well, that, I'm not suggesting I am Matt Foley. I am taking my inspiration <laughs> from his work and then adapting it into my own medium. I am suggesting that you live your life based on the <laughs> teachings of Matt Foley. <laughs> I, it's true, because I want to get my life back on track so I don't, I don't end up in a van down by the river. <laughs> 100%. All right. Yeah. Any more uh, Any more Canseco or none? Or you know what? No, that's, I, I had one more. Um, I'm just going to share with you this little bit of wisdom from him rather than have you oh, guess, yeah. which is uh, chicks dig the long ball and the bat flips. Oh, God. That sounds like a real FRG over there on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think, like, honestly, that's that could be the Dodgers motto. Chicks dig the long ball and the bat flips. I mean, Dodger, Dodger, Dodger Twitter motto is, I guess, the better way to put it. Out of good Dodgers Twitter, not yeah. bad Dodgers Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I think that's how Hong Chi Kuo lives his life, too. Uh, <laughs> even still, just bat flip after I like, dinner. I like that there's multiple bat, Hong Chi Kuo bat flip men- mentions in this podcast. Uh, Jason, uh, producer Jason, just take a note. Uh, this episode is called Hong Chi Kuo bat, flat, or bat Flips. Uh, if I could say that three times fast, I can't even say it once. All right, so we uh, put out the bat signal today um, on the bat Twitter. Flip signal. The bat. Ooh, well, that's that's me applauding. Thank you. Uh, well oh, done. I got golf claps. Well Thank you. <laughs> and I was gonna throw out a Derry Murbles. The bat signal is from the children's character, the Batman, which is a <laughs> masked man who fights crime. Um, 
So we put out the bat flip signal, thanks to Miss Amanda Smith, uh, asking for questions from you all uh, about the Dodgers or, you know, anything, uh, anything we might be able to answer. So we got three. So we'll we'll go through them and, and uh, give our answers. So uh, the first one is from at Eric Joel, and that's A-R-R-I-C-K, Joel. Uh, explain Cody Bellinger's magical beard powers to us in a context that is non-sports related. So I went ahead and formulated an answer for that, and I said, here's my response. So Cody Bellinger is like a really good steak. He's medium rare. He doesn't need sauce. And he goes really well with potatoes. I don't know how that analogy goes to the beard powers, but God, I am hungry and horny now. Boom. Mission so, accomplished. Like a, <laughs> I mean, I just, I want to to ravage Cody Bellinger on a pile of baked potatoes now. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, again, <laughs> Twitter artist, if you can create <laughs> that <don't>. visual, send <laughs> that to us and we'll tweet it out from at uh, Ravine Report Pod. Thank you. Just if please let me be fully clothed in it. That's all I ask. Or if, or at least have tastefully placed sour cream blocking all the good parts. <gasps> yes, Amanda <laughs> Elchives. All right, go for it, Amanda. What's uh? Can you explain his magical beard powers? I probably should have said Cody Bellinger's beard is like a really good steak, but meh. yeah, that makes I said more what sense. I said. You know, you went right into Cody Bellinger being a full ass meal, which I appreciate and is true. Look, he's more than a snack. Go ahead. He is a full ass meal. Um, so Cody Bellinger's beard, the magical powers of Cody Bellinger's beard. It's sort of like when you find a twenty on the ground, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I didn't think I would find a twenty on the ground." But then you pick up the twenty, and on the back of the twenty is a map, and that map leads you on so a it's treasure. A fake hunt. twenty dollar bill is what you're saying. No, no, no. There's like a stamped, and you have you <laughs> never seen National Treasure? I have not seen National Treasure. My point I avoid is, all is that Cody Bellinger's <laughs> that is a, a poor decision making on your part. My point is is that Cody Bellinger's beard unlocks unknown treasures within not just baseball history but American history, hmm. um, and also gives um, me something to exfoliate the insides of my thighs with. Anyway. <laughs> Eric, I hope that was uh, enlightening and horrifying. Um, so we had another question from at Diamond Hoggers. Uh, he says, who is your favorite Pokemon? So Amanda, who's you go first. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Okay, so uh, I was a little too old for Pokemon when it debuted um, and a little too cool for it. Damn. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but no, so I don't know all. The, I kind of only got learned about the Pokemon when I did that when Pokemon Go came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, it is a tie between really liking um, the one that has all the tails that looks like a fox because he looks like my dog. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, are you thinking of tails from Sonic the Hedgehog? No, 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 the little fox creature. There's a little fox Pokemon that has multiple tails. Yeah, I I don't don't know. know. I was a little too old for it as well. Uh, Um, And then, or then there's the one that's called, it's a turtle named Squirtle, and I think that's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to ask any more questions about no, that. No, it's but... not even a sexual thing. I just think it's really <laughs> funny. I just think it's, oh, it's a Vulpix. That's what that, that's the one that I like. It's a Vulpix. And I'm going to just hold so up does, this picture. Does the Vulpix but... squirt? Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, that's, and also bad, bad Kevin, no. <laughs> but I just, I like that they were like, well, he's a turtle. What should we call him? And then they're like, uh, 
Squirtle the turtle. That's like the least amount of effort you could put into a turtle's name, and I enjoy that. That's so that's accurate. That's my vote. Um, how about you? So other than Pikachu, this would be the only other Pokemon that I know. But I'm gonna say Jigglypuff because I can relate to her. So I mean, we can all sometimes get a little jiggly. Uh, but my primary superpower is singing my enemies to sleep. And that apparently is Jigglypuff's primary superpower. Um, and it's just kind of fat and adorable, which I, I like to self-describe as. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that would be my favorite Pokemon. You and, you and Jigglypuff also, I'm looking at a picture, have similar hair. We do. We do. Yeah. Yes. We have, uh, we have a that push hair. to the side up it's, and down. Yeah. It's that Jimmy Neutron bringing it back, uh, style. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say Jigglypuff. Um, and then final question we got was, it's a twofer. So this is from at Amanda522. Which, uh, by the way, shout out to other Amanda whose birthday is the day before mine on May 22nd. So, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I also found out on your birthday that you share a birthday with my lady friend, Rachel. Mm. Uh, Happy <laughs> birthday, Rachel. Yeah, and uh, just just FYI, I got her. Um, she's a big Housewives fan, so I got her a message, a personalized birthday message from Dorinda Medley from the Real Housewives of uh, New York, who is apparently a person. I don't know who any of these people are, but <laughs> she was really excited about it. So. Did you use Cameo? I did. It was Cameo. Jose Canseco's available on Cameo. <gasps> okay, everybody out there, get us a Ravine Report Cameo <laughs> from Jose Canseco. Um, but that's an awesome gift. That You did really well with that. I'm very impressed. I did. I was impressed, too, even though I do not know who the hell she is. Um, so Amanda522, by the way, happy belated birthday, Amanda522. Who has your favorite walk-up song in the Dodgers, and what would your walk-up song be? Uh, okay, so mine is uh, my favorite walk-up song is right now Jocks, We Will Rock You, um, oh, nice. because I really enjoy that. He, like, I think we talked about this maybe in the first show. I really enjoyed that sort of like showmanship of having the whole stadium chanting and clapping as the leadoff batter who is just annihilates the baseball comes up to bat. I love that kind of gladiatorial showmanship. Um, so that's that's definitely my favorite. Even though prior to that, he had my least favorite when he had Can't Stop the Feeling. <laughs> That's Hated right. that. Hated every inch of that. <laughs> every moment of that. Um, so definitely Jock is my favorite right now. Um, and then my walk up, up until this year, probably would have been either Debaser by the Pixies mm-hmm. or Bang Bang by uh, Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, and Jesse J. Which can be heard here. would have been that or but now because um i am obsessed with it like everybody else with ears obsessed with the new lizzo album ah uh, um, yeah. yeah yeah and honestly like the fact that the entire album isn't just every player's walk-up song i don't know why kike hasn't done it yet if there were ever an artist to match up with kike it's lizzo um but i mine would now be juice for sure juice i would i would lizzo. be grooving down to juice all right listen to juice by lizzo right here you better come get your man 
gonna be way more than friends. What? More than friends. What you want me to say? favorite uh my current favorite uh, walk-up song is it's who am i by snoop dogg you know what's my name snoop doggy dog by scott alexander because i feel primarily most people are generally wondering who the hell he is when he comes <laughs> to fight because outside of hardcore dodgers twitter i feel like a lot of casual dodgers fans I have no fucking clue who scott alexander is which makes me love that his song is who am i um also, he doesn't really get to come to the play very often, so that's that's good too. Um, yeah, I would say I do like Jock's song a lot too because uh, it's not Imagine Dragons anymore. So yeah, that's a plus. That's that's a big plus for me. Um, if I had to pick my walk-up song, it would be so I've got to go with the 1992 classic, absolute legendary classic by King's Missile, Detachable Penis. Would you go with the chorus or would you go with the verse? I mean, you kind of have to go with the, the, the chorus. I mean. Man, that's going to piss off Hank Shulman. <laughs> oh, it's so going to piss off Hank Shulman. Angry old man Hank Shulman. I love uh, I, I love how angry he gets every time the Giants he has play to the be Dodgers. A, yeah. No, it, if he has to be in Dodger Stadium, he gets so cranky. Oh, he's so mad. And it's it makes me so happy. I would I would probably uh dedicate it to him or point at him or something as I was walking up to the plate to uh <laughs> to strike out really badly. Um so thank you, those three listeners, for your uh for your questions. Please, the rest of you keep them coming. Ask send us questions anytime. We're happy to answer them on the show. So time for one last note, uh, which is always fun. So a fugitive from the law has put a very modern price on his freedom, and this is maybe the most internet age thing ever. Uh, Jose Sims cut a deal, cut a deal with Connecticut's city of Torrington Police Department to turn himself in if his wanted poster on the department's official Facebook account went viral and garnered fifteen thousand likes. Uh, Sims is twenty nine and is wanted on four warrants for first degree failure to appear in court and three warrants for second degree failure to appear. So. The the charges are for drugs, DUI, a protective order violation, breach of the peace, and false reporting cases. So it's not like the dude is just kind of a, oh, he jaywalked. He's kind of a dangerous criminal, but they what? were apparently fine with it. Uh, Sims initially made contact with uh, Lieutenant Brett Johnson, 
uh, on Facebook Messenger after the department began posting the wanted posters for different fugitives on their page. So he asked Johnson when his image would appear and suggested 20,000 likes in exchange for his surrender, but the officer negotiated him down. Uh, just an FYI, not to get too political here, but it's uh, pretty obvious that Mr. Sims is not a black man. Uh, he's a white dude. And apparently this is what white guys are allowed to do. Uh, Johnson, uh, Lieutenant Johnson said the police had exhausted other avenues looking for Sims and believed he was in New York. So when he reached out to us uh, to post his wanted poster, we had nothing to lose, the lieutenant said. Uh, so there was like a picture of it and everything. Uh, the post actually passed the likes threshold on Wednesday morning and by early Thursday had over 19,000 likes. Uh, but Sims hadn't come in yet. Shocking that a criminal hadn't honored his part of the deal to turn himself in. <laughs> but the police department is saying they hope he does the right thing and takes responsibility. I mean, I don't know why they would have to go through all the trouble of waiting for likes when apparently all that they have to do is put up a really cute Instagram background. And then he'll just show up to take a selfie for That's the gram. That's a good point. Just yeah. put wings. Just put wings exactly. on the just side of the building. Wings. And yeah, stake that out. You know, go to a, a new like... <laughs> When a new croissant witch place that is super hot and have it be a sting operation. This is absurd. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Like, uh, how do you, I, uh, everything about, like, is this how we're, I just, this is I'm, America. I can't, I can't, I can't, this, this isn't like, oh, I, this isn't like the I eat ass bumper sticker. Like, I can't, my brain. Which, by the way, I still am looking for. So just any of you out there, send me that if you find it. <sighs> He negotiated him down to 15,000 likes. <laughs> the likes were negotiable. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing was negotiable. But, um, like, the dude, yeah. was, the dude thought that was, I mean, is this the same dude who who wrote the Twitter thread about selling a kilo of heroin? And it's like, is this just the level of desperation that we're dealing with here? <laughs> I mean, you saw that, right? The guy who, the guy yeah, who. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. I, did I mean, like, that. I feel like this is the they same. Might be like, they they're probably what if this is the guy that he bought the heroin that he sold the heroin to and this guy is also not actually a drug dealer and all of this is made up for the likes oh my god hashtag inception yeah no this you've, is the inception of of, of likes <laughs> you've uncovered the vast conspiracy <laughs> i just i i can't this is i'm gonna wake up at 2 a.m yell god damn it kevin and then just stare <laughs> at the ceiling of my hotel room thinking about the fact that maybe my love of social media isn't worth other people having access to it. <laughs> like, whenever people are like, oh, social media is terrible. And I'm like, well, maybe it's, you know, it's not all bad. Like, I enjoy certain aspects of it. Now I'm like, no, burn it all down. Yeah, none of you listening can see Amanda, obviously, but I can because we're on a video thing recording. And this is hilarious. She is so disturbed and contemplative. This, this I is, just, uh, I can't, I'm not processing this. Gold, Jerry. Gold. Well, yeah, take, no, I, take us home. Uh, take us home, Amanda. Hold on. I, I, I put down my phone that had the, sh the run of show <laughs> because I had to use both hands to, like, process. Okay. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I, I'm, I am stunned by this whole story. This is... Oh, boy. Okay. This is going to need a wine mental eraser. Um, okay. So... For breaking Dodgers news and information, remember to visit Dodgers Lowdown on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to on Twitter at Dodgers Lowdown and Dodgers underscore Lowdown on Instagram. You can find me at Amanda R. Tubbs on Twitter and you can find Kevin at Kev is your friend. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. Producer Jason fan mail. We're waiting on that. We expect him to get some, you know, 
Very Jason, some some Jason shorts. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to go with. He's getting some jean shorts. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was trying to think of something else to start with a J. That would be his version of the Ravine Rats, and I went up at jorts. And as soon as those words left my mouth, I was like, "That was." <laughs> oh, you heard J- that, everybody? Jason Jonesers. Jason Jonesers. Okay, I, I don't was know. Say I'm just Jason trying to think. Jagops, but that's cool. Whoa, no! <laughs> just once he, you know what, Jason fans, you've heard his voice. He remains a mystery. All that you know about him is he's very tall and has a red beard. Let that fandom create their own name for themselves. Ladies, so you can sex on a stick. Go for it, Amanda. Yeah, no. Um, but you can send us all of your questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, fan mail, um, as well as uh, suggestions of what I can put into my fridge um, <laughs> at ravine, <laughs> ravine report pod at gmail.com. For Dodgers minor league news and information, make sure to listen to the Lowdown podcast with Stephen Douglas, also available through Dodgers Lowdown. I listened to that on the drive down. It's a great podcast. It is. It's a good show. So it was really we're, enjoyable. We're, uh, I really want him to do more episodes a little more, more often because he's great at it. He's really good. So yeah. listen to the Lowdown podcast. Rate and review that in addition to our rate and reviews because Absolutely. we desperately need that positive praise. And uh, we will see you next week when I will hopefully finally have processed all of this news story that Kevin just told me. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye.